Alright everyone, welcome back to episode number 151 of Stream of Thought, and today we start off with Victor's adventures in Hollywood on the way to Santa Monica. He's got some good stories to tell, which bring up the idea of life experiences, which ask the question, are you an open person who embraces the kindness of other human beings, or are you more closed off and skeptical? Yeah, speaking of life experiences, my experience in retail... I will never go back. We talk a little bit about how I walked into a, a couple of retail stores the other day, and it was my first time walking into one of those shops since uh, quarantine happened. And then we transition to a, a monologue? No, that doesn't explain at all. A soliloquy, an all-out soliloquy <laughs> from a colleague of Rick's. It's one of those moments when you're on the phone and it's like 30, 45 minutes go by and you only say 10 seconds worth of stuff. And then emails. Wow. A true mile marker for Rick's. Why? You'll just have to listen and find out on this episode of Stream of Thought, episode number 151. And as usual, we hope you enjoy. Okay, so get this. I go yesterday to... Uh, the coast to go hang out like santa monica and uh palisades and on my way there we go to the gas station and well first of all before we even get to the gas station so i'm at hollywood and uh no i'm at sunset and la brea which is a very interesting corner to be at which is just two blocks from my apartment because there's just so many just transient just drifter type folk and a lot of a lot of riffraff. And so as we're driving by, there's this guy on the side of the road, like next next to us on the sidewalk, like on the phone, like he looks like he's panicking or something. And we hear we hear sirens, we hear the police. And this one cop car drives by and he's on the phone and he's like, No, 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 no. He's he's like trying to wave him and then a second cop car is driving by. But then another – the, the second car, cop car driving by is oncoming, and it's crazy. It just swerved across the intersection and drove into the oncoming right turn lane. So I'm facing, I'm facing one direction, and directly next to me is the right turn lane, and then it's the sidewalk. And this cop car comes from the opposite side of the street, coming towards us, swoops in through traffic, and then just like – goes in that lane and like stops the car right away once it's uh once it's at the intersection so the car if you know imagine a car is first in line to make a right turn that's where the cop car parked but he was turned around because he drove into it and he stopped the car right there and you see there's this guy um kind of walking away kind of by that corner i can't i can't hear what he's saying but he's the body language says it all. It's like, okay, that's the guy they're looking for. I can just tell right away. And this other guy is on the phone, like, kind of panicking. It didn't look like he was hurt. Maybe he got punched or something. I don't know. Or robbed. But then um, the light changed green. And I'm like, no, I want to see this happen because they get out. I'm watching. They don't take their guns out right away. But they open the car door. They stand up. And one guy starts to walk to walk towards him because he's walking away. And, and as we're driving away, I turn behind and I look. And they don't have their guns drawn. But the guy is already 
the guy is already on his knees with his hands behind his head. And then we drove away. I was like, oh, shit, I wish... I know, you know, it looks like it's going to be a peaceful event, but I still wish I could have front row seats to just watch it happen until it at least goes to the car. If there could be some type of commentary where I could know the situation as to what's happening. But I was like, damn. And then, and then get this. And then, so we're driving down and we go, we're over, we get right before the uh, highway and we pull into a gas station and so I see this guy walking up to people asking if he could wipe their windshield, you know, just for a few bucks or something like that. And whenever I see uh, somebody, sometimes you see some people like they'll open the door for people as they walk in and out of like the quickie mart, you know, type thing while they're getting their gas and so i always what i'm saying is i always give i always try and give a few dollars to somebody who's like trying to provide a service in exchange just for a few dollars you know and so uh the guy's like uh we're at the pump at the very end and he's you know a little bit across the way not too far away um and it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to give this guy like five bucks, like just to wipe the windshield. The last time I did that, this one guy was so appreciative. He was like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. Most people just give me their change. It's like 50 or 60 cents or like a dollar. I gave him $5. He was so happy. And it was also the best windshield wipe job I've ever seen. When I do it, it looks like, I mean, it do, it's okay when I do it. I kind of know what I'm doing because you got to make sure the end of the rubber blade is dry when you go in for this, the other uh, sweep. But this guy, I mean, the way he did it, this dude was a pro. It was like watching an art when this guy did it. The first guy that I gave him five bucks and he was super appreciative. Just watching him, just the science, you know? You know, when they, when that is their language, you know what I'm saying? Like with people who are passionate about something and they just know what they're doing. And that's what it looked like. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so much fun to watch. Anyway, this motherfucker, I like wave my hand out and I have money in my hand. For him to come over to wipe the windshield. And he comes over. And I'm like, here you go. And he's like, uh, oh, thank you, man. Thank you so... And the thing is, too, when I grabbed it, I pointed... I had it in my hands. And then I, like, pointed at the windshield, too. I was doing this. He's like, And so I give it to him. I'm sitting in the car. And he's like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much, man. I'm just trying to out here. I'm just trying to work out here. You know, You know I'm good for it. Um, I'm just trying... And he kept talking. I'm like, why the fuck are you talking? Just... Clean the fucking windshield. And right away, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I'm like, is this guy going to wash the windshield? And then he's talking, talking, and, you know, just talking shit. And uh, and then he, like, starts kind of walking. He gets he starts distancing himself a little bit, and then he walks away. I'm like, this motherfucker just took my money without wiping the windshield down. What a fucking hustler. I mean, like, I was just – I don't know. I, it, I, I was – shocked i was completely shocked because and that's a situation where i have only experienced people doing the work and then getting paid even if you're not the one getting the service you see off in the distance someone getting their windshield wipe or opening the door for someone like you you see sometimes other people will give a few dollars or whatever it's it's not like you're walking out of fucking Union Station or Ogilvy downtown Chicago and the first person that comes at you when you walk out is telling you this, you know, 
monologue of a story about how they need to get back to their family in Florida and like all this fucking shit that may as well, you know, performance wise could be nominated for an Academy Award the way that they just put their heart and soul into the bullshit that they're trying to spew at you. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that I wasn't in that situation. I was caught off guard and the dude just like, like, I mean, I thought it was funny, you know, and it makes a, it's a, it's a funny story. And you know, okay, he got me. Like, but in all honesty, I was not expecting that at all. Completely taken. That is so back. fascinating. Oh, huh. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, man. I, I have to say, you, you are probably one of the more, most, maybe, dare I say, most empathetic people that I know. Is that I, I don't know, dude. You're telling me this story, and like. Maybe it's just the fact that I was living in New York City for three years that kind of numbed me to the sort of uh, the the good things when it comes to people asking you for money or whatever. I mean, mainly money. I have no problem giving people like a sandwich or a uh, banana or something like that. But when it comes to like giving people money, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's I don't just give money. money. I understand that. I don't but... give money. If I have something on me or sometimes when I go to the grocery store and I'll come out. And I'll buy. Well, I think I told you this before, where I try and give food or water to someone, and they're like, "No, no, they just want money." I'm like, "Well, I'm not giving you money." And another guy at uh, Ogilvy was asking, uh, "Like, oh, can I? Can someone buy me a meal?" I was like, "I'll buy you a meal." And then I, I get out of the waiting station. We're like about to go towards the escalator. He's like, "Oh, actually, can you give me like twelve dollars?" And I. I called him out on it. I was like, seriously, dude, you're going to do me like that? Like, I'm buying you food and now you want cash? Like, fuck you. That is pretty much what I told him. And he didn't say shit and he walked away. Here's the thing, though, too. It's because of my previous experience. My previous experience where I gave a guy money to wipe my windshield. He was super nice. I was talking to him for a couple minutes. And he was just you, – you could tell in his heart that he was just trying to get by and he was willing to provide a service and just be nice. And, that, you know, totally. And the same thing when I've gone to – uh I've seen when you go to a convenience store and someone's, like I said, opening the door, doing something, trying to provide something in exchange for a few dollars. And you can tell that they're a rational person that, you know, and so I give money, whatever, go into this experience. And it was just, you know, that was, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, they'll, they'll probably wipe the windshield. But one time, every once in a while, you're going to get someone who just talks some shit, thank you, thank you, you know I'm good for it, yeah, I'm just trying to work, I'm just trying to do my thing, I'm out from Chicago, you know, coming out here to LA, escape the winter, just trying to do my thing, it's like, you're not fucking saying anything, bro, like, and and he already had the money at that point, and it's like, fuck, man, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is interesting in my own ministry stuff, even then, I don't think that I would um, ever give somebody money i mean at that at that point it'd probably be the, the best thing i would give them is a prayer <laughs> see if, I, if he and, came up to me like that and but, i could hear his speech and absorb his demeanor and all of that for sure i would have been like no because you can tell right away with body language right you can tell right yes. away with body language most most of the time, of the time i feel yeah. like but then you get those those instances where yeah you got hustled and dude and i should have known like dude, it was gonna too, be a normal the, experience what's funny is looking back because he was maybe, I don't know, 20 feet away from me when I kind of put the money in there and, like, waved at him. Looking back now, just knowing the way he swaggered over to the car, I, I should have fucking known. Just the way he, he, the way he <laughs> was walking towards the car. And it, it was well, funny because I, kind of I realized within probably 
15 seconds after I gave him the money, I was like, I don't know if he's actually going to wipe the windshield. And then as every five seconds has passed, I, yeah, I'm getting closer and closer. Nope, 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 nope. That money, okay. Well, this will be a fun story. <laughs> but see, here's, here's the difference between you and me, which is kind of ironic considering where we are in our different career paths, is that you you assume the best about a human being even before you talk to them. You go into it with an open mind, assuming that they are a good person. I feel like that's your that's the way that you operate. Tell me if I'm no. wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong, but it just feels that way. Whereas me, I'm a skeptical motherfucker because I know the depths of my own depravity. And it's like, yeah, people can hide things really well. So I, I always go in just with an air of like... People are complex. They're good and bad, but yeah, I don't know. It's so interesting. Well, you should be the minister. also here. Here's the thing, because again, I don't care. It's five dollars, you know. And in all honesty, yeah, that was the five dollars that I had accumulated from going on those back-to-back alcohol runs and keeping the pocket change. Two dollars and forty-nine cents one day. Two dollars and fifty cents the next day. So, back going to the loose change episode. That was the five dollars. So. It right. really wasn't mine to begin with. It, whatever, it's five bucks. But also, what I'm saying is, yeah, I do that. But I, one, I personally haven't really, in terms of because like money, because the because uh, it was five bucks. Like with the exception of one time, for the most part, I hadn't had a bad experiences. You know what I'm saying, and so. I try and right. operate yeah. out of what it all comes down to is making choices out of love or out of fear. And so I try and do that little extra because enough times I've seen where I just extend a little bit of kindness and you can tell like that made their fucking day. The tiny thing mm-hmm. that you did, whether it was give them a few dollars or buy them a hamburger or whatever, like made their fucking day. And so, yeah, that's why – I try and do that, and every once in a while you get people that take advantage or are lying or whatever. But you know how they say if um, if you want to, you know, if you want to change the world, change yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you gotta, if you want to do things right. on a macro level, they have to be on an individual level. Something like of all the times of all the people that walk by someone in one day, how many times they experience someone, you know scoffing at them or just ignoring them and then you know the handful of people that maybe say hello or give them some money or buy them food or whatever so that's why i do it and every now and then i can sense when there's some bullshit and i walk away and it's like they had the fucking opportunity to for me to buy them you know a meal and then they whatever the situation is and they are now they're lying or whatever and i turn i turn away but it's not just out of being like naive. Yes, you know yeah, saying? yeah, yeah. No, totally. That was the exact That's word I was thinking too. It's, it's, that, it's yeah. definitely not naivete. I will say though, because I feel like we're stuck on the sort of micro thing. But there's, I know for me, I'm just thinking to myself, assuming the best qualities in human being and trusting somebody I didn't really know. Ray obviously is the prime example that I think about, where it was like, I wanted like. Maybe I was naive, and that's kind of the thing that I reflect back on. Like, was I naive, or was I just too trusting of somebody just because I assumed the best in their human nature? But there's situations, too, where you could know someone for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, and then something happens, and it's like, oh my goodness, this relationship or this was a lie the entire time. 
this was or this wasn't a lie the entire time but it very quickly turned sour in some like what the heck and you know deep down like you didn't do anything wrong yeah if you were to really take time you know some people will be like i didn't do anything wrong and they really and their egos out of whack but in reality you do some reflection and think like no i really did the best i didn't do anything wrong and it's all on that person but what it comes down to is just like the individual experience little little things yeah we can get swindled here and there for a couple of dollars we learn we kind of develop a better sense as to how to deal with the circumstance but then there's those big moments where you kind of and i know you had that experience before moving to california and it's one of those things where you assume the best in another human being and they knew what they were doing they knew how to take advantage of that sort of sense of generosity uh that you were giving them the benefit of the doubt and they knew how to play people like that and i feel like that's something that i relate to as well so i don't know it's interesting because it it's made me such a more skeptical person obviously i'll still be friendly i'll still love people and stuff like that but i've become more cautious about prejudging people it's like this is kind of a blank slate so i'm not gonna be generous to somebody if they come up asking for something necessarily because i'm assuming the best about them i sort of assess the interaction and then make a determination sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but i don't know it's it's that's crazy because i feel like that's something that most people have to deal with on one one level or another that we've all been taken advantage of <laughs> with with good intentioned nature even the whole thing with my gambling addiction dude like i i know in the long run it it was it was for a valuable learning experience if i can make something of it so so i try not to be too bitter about stuff like that where it's like right yeah, patience sure. patience reveals all that's uh that's supposed to unfold <laughs> was there something else to to add on to that i feel as though there there was another sentence uh, or two for that particular story i don't think so i'm trying to remember what i did yesterday <laughs> oh i went to yeah that's right that was on the way to the Palisades, did some hiking at this place that I'd never been to before, the Los Leones Trail. And then we were driving down the coast, stopped in Santa Monica. Oh, yeah. I got this sweet <laughs> – I got this sweet cup. It's just a plastic cup with the the logo that I went to. I noticed that. that I yeah, to. I was like, I've never seen it's, that cup. It was – I had like the – I had the absolute best prosciutto chicken sandwich. It was – it was drizzled in some type of sweet sauce, but then it had chopped – I think it had chopped almonds in it too and capri- – and no, mozzarella, mozzarella, fresh mozzarella. Mozzarella. And it was just pr- pressed on a – in a panini uh, – on a, one of mm-hmm. those – whatever the hell yeah. they're called. Absolutely delicious. Anyway, the reason I'm holding this cup up is because I'm leaving uh, – I'm leaving my friend's car and I'm making sure I have everything – because I had put like my phone and keys in the little pocket on the door, and I had a bag from a store we went to. I'm making sure I'm like, okay, cool, I have everything. Anyway, I left my my bottle in his car, my one liter oh, bottle. I'm like, no. son of a bitch. And then I remembered I still had this cup, which is nice because I think this is 20 ounces, but it's big enough for me to have you know a fair amount of water before I have to refill instead of one of those little baby six eight ounce cups. Yeah, I got my sliced Coffee lemon in here. It's a nice baby blue. Uh, some nice baby blue color on it, here. Which it's I very like summer appropriate. Mendocino, yeah. Mendocino Farm Sandwich Market, Santa Monica. Delicious. Hashtag not sponsored. Right. Hashtag not sponsored. And that, oh yeah, I went into, I was with them. We were downtown Santa Monica and 
we walk into TJ Maxx and we walk into like REI and that was my first time walking into a retail store I think oh, since all of this I, I haven't done that either I mean, like, yeah I mean like I had worked at spread like the grocery store is different like you have to go to the grocery store yes. you know what I'm saying people have to go to the grocery store and I'd been into like a I don't know if you go to maybe the post office or like a UPS store, but like a full blown retail store with like price tags and merchandise and cat and all that shit. I'd never been in one since this started. Yeah. I don't think. And uh, just walking into TJ Maxx and just you know overlooking the vista of the div- different departments and the atmosphere and the way that it smelled and just I was like, wow, I am. so so happy i am not in this bitch anymore fuck retail oh my goodness fuck customer service hate all you motherfuckers and i was just so happy dude i was like i am done with that shit i am so happy i'm never gonna fucking work in one of those places ever (laughs) served its purpose in my life at hollister and all right you did hollister i totally forgot about that fuck Fuck all of that. You got. I'm. Sh- it, hey, though. I mean, those experiences added something to your repertoire of knowledge. Like now, you know stuff about clothes probably more than than I know. Dude, it should be required to graduate high school that your final year, at least one school year, at any point, at least one school year, maybe two. Two out of the four school years, you have to work in some job that is uh, in service to the community or to other people. Service industry stuff. Yeah. I like that idea. God. I think that'd be valuable. But was it was it crowded, though? No. I wouldn't think so. It wasn't? Yeah. That, it's one of those things, too, where I also haven't been to something outside of a like a convenience mart or something like that, of a grocery store or like a Menards or something like that. Uh, but – my shoes are falling apart again. All of my shoes, my dress shoes and my casual shoes are all starting to like fall apart. And I'm like, why are your dress shoes falling apart? Because I wear them pretty much every day. And I, I don't know. I mean, they're three years old. Dress shoes? Yeah. Dress shoes. I just think to myself, Oh man, can I just hold on a little bit longer till things get a little easier? But then I'm thinking to myself, things probably aren't going to get a little easier for at least another six months to a year am i willing to go another year without shoes now that we kind of i mean we're in this world for the foreseeable future it's like oh one of these days bro you need shoes before winter yeah do you have boots yeah that's oh i got boots man i don't yeah oh, okay I, I don't so you're good so you don't need shoes you got the boots. yeah my shoes i was actually just uh thinking the other day i well my dress shoes that i have i've had those for almost nine years no yeah almost nine years wow and then my sperry's i think the sperry i got rid of the sperry's last october so that would have been eight years i had those shoes for eight years and they were falling apart you know why i got rid of them because i was walking around venice and I didn't know we were going to be walking on the beach on the sand. And so I'm walking on the sand and you don't realize that when you're walking on the sand, if you're wearing shoes, your weight is always going to be at one point sliding in a few different directions you're, with your feet in your shoes because of the sand. Oh, right? yeah. Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But on my Sperry's on the side where the fabric is in between the leather and the rubber sole – is like this fabric and that had ripped just over time 
on both of them, and then it was both sides. So it was so it was both sides of each shoe. But I noticed it. I can't remember when because I stepped in a puddle that was like a quarter of an inch thick, and some water got in my shoe. I was like, "What the fuck?" Anyway. <laughs> They were falling apart, dude. They were falling apart before my eyes, and I just... My friends made me chuck them, and luckily I brought a pair of flip-flops with me that I had, like, in my bag. But those shoes were eight years, bro. Eight years. And my other shoes that I had, I think I've had those... I think I've had those for seven years now, eight years. Those I had to get... Those I had to get... uh, Fixed. I had to get a new sole on them, but anyway. Well, speaking of soles... Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, think I mentioned to you that I was doing the church service thing, uh, the, the virtual Facebook reflection time on Thursday. So that's been, that was interesting that I ended up turning. How's that been? Well, um, cause last time I, I can't remember if I mentioned this to you last time I accidentally, I don't know if we talked about this on air. I know I talked to you about this in person, but when I accidentally streamed the the feed to my personal page as opposed to the church page. Right. Yeah. Yes. I was so confused. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up making sure that like everything was good, but then for some reason, and I'm still not quite sure exactly what was going on, but five minutes to when the service was supposed to start, ended up trying to do the Facebook stream, but it kept refreshing back to the start page like over and over, I did this like six times and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, there's three minutes now. I've got three minutes and this is not happening. This is not happening because there's no other way that I would have to be able to stream this if the Facebook thing is not going to work other than using my phone, which I really don't want to do. So again, as opposed to getting prepared for actually what I was going to say, <laughs> I was figuring out technical stuff. Luckily with like one minute to go, I ended up getting it to work. And so it finally popped up. I don't know what I did to, to make that happen. So did that. That was fine. <clears throat> but then um, my our, our dear our dear Bishop Cass, who I have uh, mentioned numerous times before, he always says whenever he watches my streams, and he'll do that, you know, twenty five percent of the time or something, one out of every four, and he'll always post something weird like I see you with the t- with the emoji of the two eyeballs looking, and I'm like. What does that like? That's so weird. And I've been intentionally avoiding his Facebook calls, and that's part of the reason why I'm happy we're doing this over Zoom as opposed to Facebook chat. Because every time I'd he's saying I see you, I think because he knows you're ignoring him, so he's letting you know, like I know you're ignoring me. I see you. I'm still here. I I know you see me. Possibly, <laughs> I see you, and I know you see me. That's exactly what it means. I would like to think that he's not that clever, though. That's <laughs> just my personal, my personal hope. But uh, so anyway, I see that as the the service goes on, and so afterwards, I'm like, all right, fine, because it's probably been about five months or so since I've spoken to him last. I just got so pissed off with the way that he was dealing with stuff that it's like, okay, um, sure, why the hell not? I mean. I can't I can't avoid him indefinitely, so might as well do it on my terms. I was riding high from the service, which was actually probably one of my better ones, but I can never tell how good I do until other people kind of critique me and all that. Anyway, I digress. And uh, I uh, Facebook chat him or whatever, and we chat for a little bit. We, ta- we talk for like... F- oh, so he... Didn't you say that you you were incognito just so he wouldn't call yes. or message you? Yes. But 
he can still call or message you even when you're incognito? He could in theory, I think, but I, I messaged him afterwards. So it was on it was okay, on my terms. It. I'm okay. just like, just breathe, okay, so you say, say a little prayer, okay. be prepared to deal with whatever. And so we start talking. Well, I'm sorry. He starts talking and probably goes on for, I would say, with me interspersing maybe one or two sentences here or there, he probably talked for about 35, 40 minutes just going on and on about everything that's going on in his life and how awesome everything is and blah, 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 blah. How could people talk that long and have no concept that they're talking too much? That Well, yeah, where it stops becoming a dialogue, but that's not the person who he is. He doesn't really believe in dialogues. He believes in monologues. If you're engaging him, how it's do because... You, like I've said... Like I've said before, I have so much trouble walking away from that. I just get stuck. I get trapped. Unless someone comes and saves me, like, I don't have the strength to just, like, cut the conversation and walk away. Uh, so normally – And it fucks me over so oh, much. Bro. It's like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. It just becomes – seems like an eternity and you have no one to blame but yourself. But you can't escape. It's like a fucking <laughs> – Purgatory. Tractor you're, beam sucking you you're in. You're stuck in purgatory. You just can't yep. do anything about it. Yeah. So it, – that and it's one of those things too where it depends on whether or not I have my own agenda as to why I'm talking to them or whether or not it's just like pointless in which case I, I can – I can be tactful in the way that I end it, but I tend to just interrupt and be like, oh, hey, so, you know, if there's not anything else, I got to get going or something, some excuse. There's always there's always something very creative and convincing when I want to get out of one of those soliloquies that somebody's kind of going off on. <laughs> so, so I did actually have an agenda when I went into this conversation with – what, what? <laughs> I'm just laughing at soliloquy, dude. <laughs> Gotta throw in the word. Gotta throw in the word of the day every once in a while. It's been a while uh, because it really is, dude. <laughs> oh my goodness! So okay. anyway, continue. Uh, end up letting him do his thing for thirty-five, forty minutes, and towards the end, uh, because I was looking for an in, because when I can find an in to the conversation that gets to my agenda. And I can articulate what I want from them. That normally is a very good way to end the conversation relatively quickly because they don't want to talk about being asked to do something. So uh, I he was talking about, oh, you know, I, I can't wait for you to come back out to the East Coast. I'll, I'll travel up from South Carolina. Get to, We'll all get a chance to see each other in person and it'll be wonderful. I'm like – uh, we haven't we haven't had a, a Zoom meeting for the Franciscan clergy in a while. I've been meaning to do that. Uh, I'm going to post something on Facebook. That was my cue right there. Another Facebook announcement. And so I I was bold. I I took I took the leap and I said something to the other. Oh, you know I I know that we've been doing it on Facebook a lot, but I think it might be easier if we were able to uh, send out emails as well. And he's like, well, I would. I just don't have all their emails. I said, well, remember about two months ago, you asked everyone to put their emails in the comment sections, so they're all lined up really nicely, and you could just bring it back to copy, Facebook. copy and paste them into an email and send them all out to us to figure out what the next meeting is. And he's, like, <laughs> I could not, I did, I did not think that that anything would come out of me like making that offhanded comment. But he said something to the extent of, yeah, you know, I think you're right. I think if it's if it's all just there, I'm just going to do that. 
and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go take care of that right now. And that like ended the conversation. So at about 45 minutes, I had been able to like get my thing. Five to ten minutes later, the first email from our church <laughs> goes out. The very no first way. email for the PCC, even though it was just the Franciscan clergy, ended up going out. The very first email. And 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 um, and Sister Nicole ended up texting me like five minutes after that. She's like, did you just talk to Cass? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, what did you say to him to get him send out an email? Because this has been something that like, literally the Council of Bishops has been trying to get him to actually do. And like within – So everybody, not one person – maybe there's people that use Facebook, but there's not one person – that doesn't want email other than Bishop Cass. Everyone else is on board for email. As far as I know, I mean, there are there right. are a lot of weird people in the denomination that I don't really know who have authority, but aside from them, everyone who has half a brain, I think, would... Are, right. are, yeah, are, so we, there's a step forward. Progress is being made. And I was just... I was so proud. I was so proud of myself. It was... It was a victory in a very small but major way because I feel like this is the this is the hurdle. You know what, this is the this is the. You know what you have to do. You guys need to set. You need to find a reason to send out an email every week to keep it going, and then you know what I'm saying because you don't want it just to be this one moment and then a couple weeks go by and another email and then it's like oh well we tried email but it didn't really work out. No, you got to find a reason to send stuff out once or twice a week. Yep. Um, well, well, just to keep it alive. And the, I mean, the St. Joseph Mission Church was planning on doing that. Nicole was going to take care of the newsletters on, um, it was going to be a monthly thing, but it would still be an email communication that could be able to go out. And that kind of fell apart. Um, cause it was just, it was just for the St. Joseph Mission Church and not for the clergy. So it didn't really meet the needs of the denomination to get onto the email page, but mm-hmm. Baby steps. It's all about like step. By, you know, we're getting there, we're clawing inch by inch, and I feel like one of these days we're gonna we're gonna actually enter into a professional environment, and I cannot wait for that day. <laughs> we're gonna actually <laughs> enter into a professional vi- environment. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm really happy for you. Oh, that's amazing. And. Speaking of other just random stuff since uh, on the topic, the uh, Police Debris podcast that ended up going on hiatus last week, um, mm-hmm. Nicole and I ended up recording an episode ourselves, neither of us having any experience in law enforcement or any you know, sense of how uh, the audience of primarily law enforcement officers are going to, you know, respond to two non-law enforcement officers talking so i ended up uh, we ended up recording for about a half an hour or something like that edited did a rough draft edit of that i'm actually going to edit finishing editing that afterwards and uh sent it to joe not knowing if we should start our own podcast like nicole and i to do something a little different and a little more broad or to continue on the police to priest stream you have a you have a copy of all of the audio files, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're the one who public does the publishing. Yeah. Well, I think legally speaking, because we've seen this before, you're then the owner of it. So why don't you just keep the audience you have, and you and Sister Nicole do the podcast, and you change the name because 
the audience and you changed the logo. Well, so I actually am thinking about a name change right now. And then you re-record, you re-record, and then you make an announcement and you say you make an announcement saying this so that people know. And then you just keep all the older episodes. Right. I think that we have though the problem is though I would say probably over fifty percent of the current listening audience is either active or former law enforcement. And so like changing it up like that, a lot of them listen to it because of Joe's experience as a sheriff and all the crazy stuff that he went through and his thoughts on being somebody who is in the midst of Well it. then leave it. Well, then leave it as it is, and if people ask why, then just make up some reason. Oh, well, uh, like, like, I was thinking, I mean, it could even be something as simple of a, a name change as, uh, like, the from police to priest could transform into something like law and faith or something, I, I don't know, just off the top of my head. There are certain ideas that I have for rebranding it so that Nicole and I and other guests would be able to come on and just be a so continue it. Does Father Joe know about yeah, this? Yeah, no, we talked about it. Um, not the name. Not the <laughs> so name. So he's changed. like. So he. Okay, okay, but he is not going to be recording anymore. He's doing it once a month. He only wants to be on once a month. So he's going to do it once a month, and you're going to keep it going three times out of the four times a month, or so with Nicole. Um, I don't. I don't think it's going to end up being three times a month. Uh, however. I sent. You got to do it weekly. You got to do it three or four times a week, and then have Father Joe jump in every once in a while. I think. Well, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Just from logistics speaking and like fucking basic analytics, and this is something that I tried to hammer home before. Joe wasn't really understanding it because he hasn't been integrated into that analytical worldview of like consistency takes about two to three years for it to actually maintain a consistent base of audience listeners right. and it take, and we've been doing this for about eight months now so it's it's hardly even a third of the way through and just trying to convey that is a really challenging thing for somebody who has no concept of it but what i'm thinking is that even if nicole and i are only able to do it once or twice a month um i sent the draft to joe and he actually said, I love this idea. And by the way, Ricks, you should do your own solo podcast once a week as well on From Police to Priest. And then possibly bring in a guest. So it could be a cycle of like Joe and Joe and Ricks, Nicole and Ricks, Ricks solo, Ricks and a guest. Or something like that. And it's like, that's going to take a lot of logistics and planning and... I mean, it's it's going to be definitely an added stress, but I also think that I I would not be willing to continue this unless it, unless there is content at least once a week. So why can't you just do it with Nicole? Why why is it such a big deal that you just can't do it with her once a week and then have Joe I, come? I in I, I don't know what her commitment level is. I mean, we haven't really worked closely together on like a week by week basis. We have long term projects that we and we communicate Well dude, it's a week by week basis. That's what I was thinking with Joe it's too. Not a lot. Yeah. And and that's kind of the frustrating yeah. thing. I mean you and I you and I, like for a podcast that is as eccentric as the one that we have, there's not really a a business model for what the apex of what we're gonna do is, but we still put out two to three episodes a week. And it's like, is it really that hard once a week, doesn't matter, any time during the week to be able to get together and just have a 25 to 30 minute count, not even an hour, like 20, 20 to 25 minutes. 
every week. I don't see what I don't see how hard it is to be able to do that. It's not. So it's not. Think of it from somebody else's standpoint. All the only effort you ask of them is for twenty to twenty five minutes, and that they record on their iPhone, which everybody has, and email it to you, which everybody can do. It requires zero effort on the individual who is not doing the editing, the editing and publishing. Yes, precisely, and. That is actually the same problem, though, that I had with Ray, is that all it had to be was not even once a week. It could be once every other week where we just filmed for, like, 45 minutes, had... had oh, and then you break it and up. And then break it up. And and you're able yeah. to con- continue the cycle, perpetuate the cycle. And that became too overwhelming for him to have 45 minutes what? out of basically the equivalent of an hour and a half a month of recording like two two sessions of 45 minutes was too 45 minutes every two weeks was too much aren't you already he isn't he wasn't he already doing the work you're standing there recording him yeah that's and or did would he get in his head like i need to perform a certain way in front of the camera i think that was more it that he was the the ego that he has is he wanted to make sure that he was portraying himself in the best way that he possibly could whereas when him and i were working it would just be more casual or whatever but yeah it was it it was bewildering to me in the same way that this is bewildering to me that you know once a week and joe and i too have done things where we'll record two weeks in a row over the course of an hour 50 minutes to an hour we'll do two episodes he doesn't have to worry about it for another two and a half weeks when we record next and that just was too much for him too and it's like is it just i i don't i I feel that like this pattern is becoming repetitive uh and i aside from you i don't I have never really met somebody who's so dedicated to making sure that something happens week after week as part of it other than, yeah, I don't know, this experience. I don't know. It makes no sense to me. But I I keep trying different ways, even with Lillian. Yeah, even helping with Lillian. It's crazy. I don't know. Maybe it's a a cultural thing. Oh, yeah. I wanted to know what Lillian said after – because you never really – like, I think the last time we talked, you said, oh, I talked to her or I'm going to talk to her or something like that. No, still – That was a couple weeks ago that I mentioned that. (laughs) It was. uh, And we actually still have not gotten together. I've called her twice now. I've called her, um, I think, every week. I forget what days they were, but they were random days. Just gave a call. So I'm actually going to – Well, then just leave it. Then just leave it because if you're definitely going to still do police to priest, then you don't have to start a new thing with Lillian. So just leave it and then she'll get back to you when she gets back to you and you can have her on as a guest. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> it's weird. There there hasn't, there hasn't been a lot of progress when it comes to general stuff. But I think that just for me, making sure that I have all my ducks lined up in a row with this vast social media empire that makes no money that uh, I'm operating right now. <laughs> that it works it's, uh, it's all it's all gonna turn out good yeah but you know what though it's still a vast media empire <laughs> you're so you're too kind you're too kind dude a king is still a king <laughs> even without his castle bro it's a mindset a king in his own mind you know? yes what is that's a it's quote. a mindset absolutely but i've got nothing else i think we're at 45 but that's funny that you said that <laughs> 99 more till we get to 200. You mean 49 more. Oh, yeah. What was I thinking of? 101? <laughs> we're gonna, we'll just leave we're that going part out. We're going to 250. <laughs> we're going straight to 200. Dude. We're going straight to 250. 